You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what is going on? It is your boy, your host, Sosa Cremendez. I am a fantasy analyst at Pro Football Focus and your host of the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Welcome back to another Monday episode with me, another fresh week of off-season coverage for your Los Angeles Rams here at the Locked On Rams podcast. I appreciate you guys for tuning back in and joining me once again for another fresh week here. And today's episode is going to be an interesting one. We have more free agency rumors to talk about. We're going to begin the episode with the potential for Austin Blythe to maybe be on his way out. According to some bigger name media sources, he could be on his way out. In the second segment, we're going to dive into our Mock Draft Monday segment. You guys sent me three mock drafts, and we're going to continue doing that throughout the rest of the offseason up until the draft. I'm going to give you guys instructions as to where you can send me your mock drafts that you guys concoct, and I can sort of just go over some of the names, share my thoughts, maybe share a little grade, and you know we'll go through it like that just to change it up so I don't get too repetitive with my draft picks because obviously I can only go through so many names. And then we're going to wrap it all up with Deshaun Jackson's press conference. He finally had his introductory presser for his signing with the Rams. And what he said was very, very interesting. I thought he was very articulate and well-spoken. But we're going to save that for the end. We're going to dive into the Austin Blythe rumors. Probably the biggest news surrounding the Rams recently. And Darren Wolfson of 5eyewitnesskstp.com has mentioned that there actually is some interest from the Minnesota Vikings in Austin Blythe, they have registered interest according to Darren Wilson. They have reached out to, I guess, Austin Blythe, his agent, whoever, you know, his camp, his guys. And it makes sense because the Vikings could use a center at this point in time. And not only that, but, you know, Blythe did start his career with the Rams. I believe it was at right guard. It might have been at left guard. I can't remember specifically. I'm pretty certain it was right guard, though. And he obviously has the versatility to play either guard or center. He had one of his best seasons in his career at guard. Just had a very good season at center. He also had one down season at center in 2019. But, you know, this is a guy that has a lot of versatility along the interior offensive line. He could play probably three positions, either guard spot, the center spot. I personally happen to think the center position is probably his best. I like him there the most, but at the end of the day, Austin Blythe is a very reliable player. You know, he's going on 30 years old. He's not an all pro center. I think we know that by now. We've seen enough out of him to know that, you know, he might not have that top five center ceiling, but at the same time, He's very safe in terms of what he gives you, the projection, the floor. It's not going to ever be that bottom five center either. So, you know, you could definitely do better. You could definitely do worse at the same time. And when you look at the PFF statistics, I mean, he graded out as the ninth highest graded center in the NFL this past season with a 70.3 overall PFF grade and eighth highest in run blocking grade with his 74.2. Now, his worst attribute, according to PFF at least, was his pass blocking grade And it was only a 52.8. When you look at the comparison to the rest of the offensive linemen for the Rams, he actually allowed the most pressures among all of their offensive linemen with 29 this past season. So not very good, obviously, especially from that interior spot. Interior pressure is the quickest way to get your quarterback to be uncomfortable, kind of knock him off his spot. You know, at least if it comes off the edge, the quarterback can still step up inside the pocket and, you know, the play doesn't really have to break down. But when the pressure comes up the middle, that's when the play really starts to get out of sorts. Quarterback has to leave the pocket or, 
you know, more often than not will get sacked inside of the pocket because that pressure is just so hard to escape. So that is an area of concern, obviously, for the Rams. If they do resign Blythe, he needs to be more stable in his pass protection. But at the end of the day, like I mentioned, a very solid player, a guy that you know exactly what you're getting out of him. You know, this is a guy who's going to show up every single Sunday, going to give you what he's got, a solid run blocker. I think he's a decent pass protector. He's good at calling out you know, Mike linebackers and I deem the Mike linebacker setting up protections for the offensive line. I thought the interior offensive line had a pretty good chemistry with each other from left guard David Edwards to Blythe in the center and Austin Corbett at right guard. But, you know, the Vikings could very well reach out to Blythe, give him an offer that the Rams simply can't match or just choose not to match. And that would obviously leave a big hole at the center spot for the Rams going into this next season. And so, you know, the Options for them to replace Blythe, I think, are going to be relatively plentiful. You know, the draft is going to have some very intriguing names. You got guys like Creed Humphrey and Landon Dickerson, the top two names. I think most people would agree on that. That could potentially be available for the Rams at 57 if they do ultimately look to draft that position that early. If not, you know, there are some leftover free agents, I think, that have some value. Maybe not guys you want starting necessarily, but in a pinch, guys that you could kind of slide in there as a gap filler for the time being and then you know try to get that next guy behind them whether that be halfway through the season or at the end of the season or into next year just a veteran fill-in for the time being you got guys like Joe Looney formerly of the Dallas Cowboys 31 years old still available Austin Ryder from the Kansas City Chiefs 30 years old so there are some veteran options I think for the Rams if they ultimately cannot re-sign Austin Blythe but at the end of the day you know I still think there is a possibility that Blythe does return and if he doesn't the Rams are going to have more than enough options I believe in the draft whether that be the higher end guys like I mentioned Humphrey Dickerson in that second round or you know even if they decide to wait into the third round maybe even the fourth round there's going to be a lot of options a guy that the Rams have talked to multiple times twice actually I believe they've already had two pre-draft zoom meetings with Wisconsin Whitewater interior offensive lineman Quinn Miners I don't know if the NFL projects him best as a guard or a center at the next level but he was at the senior bowl He played some guard there, played some center there, looked very solid at both spots. The Rams obviously have a ton of interest. They've interviewed him twice. I think that pretty much gives away all of their interest. And, you know, according to some big NFL draft analysts, guys like Dane Brugler of The Athletic, he said and he believes that Miners is going to go within the top 64 picks. So in the first two rounds. So once again, another option for the Rams in that first one or two rounds, if they want to actually address that position that early. A guy like Miners could very well be a play for the Rams in the draft. And ultimately, I do think that they're going to find a way to start to look for a younger replacement at that center spot, most likely heading into the 2021 NFL draft. And talking about the NFL draft, we're going to slide into the next segment and dive into our Mock Draft Monday segment. And I'm going to cover three mock drafts that were sent to me by you guys. So I appreciate you guys for shooting those over to me. And while we've got you, come connect with us on Twitter for all the coverage you need on the Los Angeles Rams. You can find me at QB's MEP, and you can find the page at Locked On Rams. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing, and Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it's also free to sign up. You just got to go head to their website or you can even use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. That's betonline.ag. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. 
Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back to the second segment of this Monday episode of the Locked On Rams podcast. I mentioned before the break that we're now going to dive back into our Mock Draft Monday series that we've been running for a few weeks now, and we're going to keep running it all the way up until the 2021 NFL Draft. And I kind of threw a twist in here. Instead of me just messing around with these Mock Draft simulators, I'm giving you guys a chance to shoot your Mock Drafts over to me, and I can kind of share my opinion on the guys that you picked and just an overall grade in terms of how much I like to draft personally, how I think it would work out for the Rams and so forth. So the very first one is from my guy at Tyler Fulgham. He sent me this one and I really, really love this draft just to preface it. But anyways, we're going to dive in here. And at number 57, he drafted Asante Samuel Jr., the cornerback out of FSU. At number 88, Edge Patrick Jones out of Pittsburgh. 103, Walker Little, the offensive tackle out of Stanford. 141, defensive lineman Marvin Wilson out of FSU once again. 209, wide receiver Jalen Darden from North Texas, and 252, wide receiver Austin Watkins out of UAB. And like I mentioned a second ago, I absolutely love this draft. Now, you know, it's not perfect for me personally, but when you look at the top, Asante Samuel Jr., I think he would be a home run pick at that spot. You know, the Rams don't necessarily need a corner in the most pressing way. They could use a new starter maybe at that nickel spot. And I think Asante Samuel would be a very good option for the Rams there. You can kind of just plug and play him, not really have to worry about it. I think he could do a very good job replacing Troy Hill and you don't have to stress about that too much. But, you know, the next two picks I don't exactly love in terms of the prospect. Patrick Jones, I think he leaves a lot to be desired as an edge rusher out of Pittsburgh, but prototypical size. And when you look at the third round, I mean, you're throwing dart throws at this point in the draft. You got to go for high value positions. So edge rusher, I love that. After that, Walker Little, a guy that some other people are very high on. I think he's got a ton of mirror ability, but, you know, at the end of the day, I worry about that balance. I found him to be on the floor all over his tape. It was very concerning to me, but man, when you look at the mirror ability and in terms of the athleticism, a guy with all the athleticism in the world, that is a perfect developmental tackle at that spot. Marvin Wilson, a defensive tackle who could slide in and replace Michael Brockers, maybe not as a starter, but I think he'd be a great piece as a depth player. Not only that, but this is a guy that we're talking about had first round potential like a year or two ago. A lot of people were talking about Marvin Wilson as a potential first round pick slides all the way down the board here. And I think he's probably going to slide in the draft as well. So that would be a home run pick there in my opinion. And then maybe my favorite pick in this draft Jalen Darden of North Texas, as well as Austin Watkins, who actually did very good at the Senior Bowl. But for me, it's Jalen Darden. This is a guy who's explosive as hell. The Rams talked about, you know, we want to get more explosive on offense. We want to find guys that are going to create explosive plays. Jalen Darden is exactly that. He's a guy who can line up outside, probably projects best in the slot in the next level, but can return kicks, can return punts, can take 10-yard throws and turn them into 70-yard touchdowns. He can work vertical, absolutely burns guys with his game-breaking speed. And not only that, but this is a guy who can force guys to look silly in the open field by breaking tackles and creating a ton after the catch. And he has the ability to learn behind one of the best deep threats in NFL history in Deshaun Jackson. So this one gets an A for me. I absolutely love it. I do have some qualms about those Jones and little picks, but at the end of the day, I don't know that you could do much better than this draft. Moving on to the next one from at Nate Hill 15. He shot me over this one. Number 57, Landon Dickerson, center out of Alabama. Number 88, Ronnie Perkins, edge out of Oklahoma. Number 103, Dylan Moses, linebacker out of Alabama. 141, Amari Rogers, wide receiver, Clemson. 209, Cole Van Lannon, tackle, Wisconsin. 252, Taquan Graham, 
defensive interior player out of Texas. So I actually like this one as well. I love the Landon Dickerson pick at the beginning. I think Dickerson is going to be an absolute stud in the NFL. No questions asked. He just needs to stay healthy. That is going to be a huge concern for him going into the NFL has multiple injuries, multiple ACL tears. I don't even know if he's actually ever finished a season healthy, so very concerning. But if we're talking about just talent, home run pick in my opinion. Ronnie Perkins, like Patrick Jones, I think leaves a little bit to be desired, though I'm much higher on Ronnie Perkins than Jones. So I love this pick here as well. You get a high-value position in an edge rusher. I think Ronnie Perkins showed a lot of run-stuffing ability, has some of that juice in the pass rush department. I think he needs to develop there, but at the end of the day, I still really like that pick. Dylan Moses after that, not a huge fan. I think he leaves a ton to be desired. Seems like a lot bigger name value as opposed to actual talent on field, in my opinion. He's never really been able to capture that early career form at Alabama where people were talking about him as a potential first-round pick. Does not look like that whatsoever, in my opinion. I think he leaves a lot to be desired in coverage. I think he's going to be very limited in his coverage ability. Misses a bit too many tackles for me. Not dynamic in any way. I'm not a huge fan of the Dylan Moses pick. The next pick, and probably my favorite in terms of the value here, Amari Rogers out of Clemson. Probably best as a slot receiver at the next level. He did play on the boundary a tiny bit early on in his career in Clemson, but a guy who absolutely showed out at the Senior Bowl was pretty much uncoverable. I think he's got a ton of juice coming off the line of scrimmage. Looks like a consummate professional. Can go deep. I think he has enough speed and vertical ability to actually go deep and track the ball there. He reminds me of a Cole Beasley style of player. I think he's going to be an absolute weapon on third down. I think he's going to be utilized in that role tremendously for somebody. And I would absolutely love that addition in Sean McVay's offense. I don't actually know the last two players. I have not gotten a chance to watch them. So I can't really say but they are just seventh round picks at the end of the day. So probably not going to sway the needle all too much. This draft gets a B plus from me. I love the Dickerson, Perkins, and Rogers picks. I'm okay on the Moses one. The last two I can't speak on. So solid job. Don't love it. Don't hate it. I think the Rams could do better. But at the end of the day, I do think in this scenario, they could come away with a quality bunch of players. On to the last one from my guy Santi at SCFC147. At number 57, Joseph Osai, the edge rusher out of Texas. 88, once again, Dylan Moses, linebacker, Alabama. 103, Josh Myers, center, Ohio State. 141, Paulson Adebo, cornerback, Stanford. 209, Josh Ball, tackle out of Marshall. And 252, Elijah Griffin, the cornerback out of USC. This one is probably my least favorite of the three. I don't exactly hate it. I just happen to have different preferences for the players at the positions that were drafted. Now, Osai, I think, has a lot of potential as an edge rusher. Probably a little bit too early for me, in my opinion, to draft a developmental guy like Osai. I like some of the other names that I think could be available a little bit later, not so high, because Osai probably wouldn't start for the Rams. Maybe he would at the end of the day, but I do think, you know, if you're going to draft Osai at 57, you might get better value in a guy like Rashad Weaver or someone of that range in maybe the third round as opposed to Osai in the second. So not a terrible pick. I just happen to like different guys in that regard. Moses, I already talked about. Josh Myers is actually very intriguing. The Ohio State center probably could come in and start for the Rams, to be quite honest with you, if they do not re-sign Austin Blythe. So I do like that addition there at the center spot. And then I really like the doubling down at the cornerback spot. I have not watched Elijah Griffin or Josh Ball the last two picks, but Paul Adebo is a guy that I know a lot of people that I trust are very high on when it comes to cornerback play. I trust their opinions. They tell me he is a good player. And at the end of the day, he did go to Stanford. If anyone has a good read on the kid, it is 
current Rams offensive line coach, Kevin Carberry, if he wants to turn that pick in, if he knows his work ethic, if he trusts the guy to develop into something, then I love it. And also you talk about the positional value. Once again, cornerbacks, you can never have too many cornerbacks. I'm sure everyone's heard that at some point in time. Troy Hill walked in free agency. The Rams could very well use a new starter at nickel, replenish some of that depth in that cornerback room. I love the addition of two cornerbacks. This one gets a C minus for me. Don't love it. Don't hate it. I think this one kind of looks relatively realistic to me, in my opinion, but I'm going to have to go with the very first one, my guy Tyler Fulgham, as my favorite for this trio of mock drafts that you guys submitted to me. So I appreciate you guys for shooting those over to me. And in the final segment of this episode, we're going to dive into Deshaun Jackson's press conferences right after the break. So make sure to tune back in in just a second. And while we've got you, make sure to keep tuning back in with us here at the Locked On Rams podcast every day throughout the rest of the offseason. We're going to continue our coverage for the Los Angeles Rams every single day. We have been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now's the time to find out which Built Bar is the best with their Built Bar Madness style tournament. And today's matchup is between two absolute heavyweights. We're talking the caramel brownie bar versus the coconut brownie chunk. And it honestly pains me in my heart to have to choose between these two because this is like picking between 10 out of 10 and 10 out of 10. I don't know how you do it. I think if you ask me any other day of the week, I could have a different opinion, a different choice. You could flip a damn coin and I could pick between the two, but I'm going to go with coconut brownie chunk. I guess I got to coconut undefeated. You guys know how I feel about coconut and chocolate. Can't beat it. But at the end of the day, you cannot beat the texture of these bars anyways. They are the best on the market, in my opinion. And all you have to do is just go to BuiltBar.com or to their Twitter at Built underscore Bar. And remember to use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. The NFL Draft is weeks away. It's time to start following our Locked On NFL Draft Duo. The Draft Dudes podcast watches every prospect so you don't have to. And the Locked On NFL Draft podcast is your daily draft news and mock draft podcast. Follow Locked On NFL Draft and Draft Dudes on the Radio.com app or wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back to the final segment of this Monday edition of the Locked On Rams podcast. I appreciate you guys for sticking around and making it to this final segment. Though I'm sure you want to hear about your new electric playmaker, wide receiver Deshaun Jackson and as I mentioned a couple times already in this podcast he finally had his introductory press conference and man it was honestly incredible I would suggest that you guys go listen to it it's about 28 minutes long if I remember correctly you can find it on the rams.com their website it is honestly great the guy is very articulate well-spoken very charismatic I can absolutely see why teams and coaches fall in love with the guy he just knows how to speak very well. He sounds very mature. You know, he talked about wanting to pair up with head coach Sean McVay And he talked about, you know, their time together in Washington. Obviously, they spent three seasons together there. Sean McVay had a lot of success there. Obviously, goes on to get hired by the Rams. Deshaun Jackson has some of the most success in his career as well with Washington. One of the game's most potent deep threats while there. And he talked about, you know, Sean McVay being this young guy, this offensive coordinator, getting up in front of a team of alpha males. You know, that's what these guys are. 
and not being nervous in any way, just being super confident. He talked about, you know, knowing at that point in time, just seeing how he carried himself, how he riled up all these guys at such a young age that, you know, he was going to be something special in this league. And ultimately, he talked about how their relationship really developed at that point in time, how they became really good friends. They're similar in age. Uh, And he said that, you know, I had more offers than just the Rams. I chose to come pair up with McVay again. I know he knows how I should be used. He talked about the potential for being used as a punt returner, kind of laughed it off. He was asked, you know, I can't recall who asked which reporter, but they said, you know, did they talk about you in the punt return game? Are you going to be used in that role? And Deshaun Jackson sort of laughed and said, I can't give you guys all the secrets. We're going to keep some things on a low. So potentially could be a punt returner as well for the Rams. I think a lot of us expect that to be a legitimate thing. He obviously has the ability to do that and not only just do it, but do it at a high level. He talked about many things. He talked about his new quarterback in Matthew Stafford and specifically mentioned as a quote, for me, I couldn't ask for a better situation to have at quarterback and the timing is perfect because they just got the trade done before I came and they signed me. So it was perfect timing. It's going to be special. He said, when we were talking, we were like, we can't wait to get out there and start working together. We don't know how the offseason is going to play out, but we're definitely going to get together and work. That dude, man, he's a beast. His arm is out of this world. So I'm excited to, I'm going to say, I'm going to run far. You just throw far and hopefully we can beat everybody. I think a lot of people are going to love hearing that in terms of Deshaun Jackson speaking about his new quarterback in Matthew Stafford. Man, he even likened his return to L.A., Sort of how LeBron returned to Cleveland and won that championship ring, the first one for those Cleveland Cavaliers in his hometown, sort of his hometown, his home state, we'll call it. Same thing for Deshaun Jackson. He talked about how he's going home. He's obviously from LA. He's from California. He's been going back to California for many off seasons, runs a kid's camp, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, he kind of talked about, man, maybe I can come home like LeBron did in Cleveland maybe kind of cap off my career here in a positive. Go out with a bang, right? The Rams have Super Bowl aspirations. Obviously, every player, Deshaun Jackson included, is going to want to go play in a Super Bowl. So that would be a sweet way for him to end his career. But not only that, I think Deshaun Jackson just broke down a lot of interesting things, talking about why he wanted to come back to LA, why the timing was perfect for him, what Sean McVay meant to him, why ultimately he wanted to pair up again with McVay, you know, what he thought of his new quarterback in Stafford, some of his new teammates. He mentioned that Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, guys that he has legitimate relationships with and has pretty much talked to for, you know, many years. So I think Deshaun Jackson is going to fit in perfectly fine. I think he's going to be utilized to the best of his ability with Sean McVay in this LA Rams offense. So being, you know, barring the health, as long as he can stay healthy, I think this addition is going to be great for both sides. The Rams needed more explosion on offense. Sean McVay talked about it many times in the offseason. Deshaun Jackson, he can still run. The issue is not that he can't play. Not at all. This guy is still a dangerous weapon. He can still catch the football. He can still make guys miss. He can still take the top off a defense. He just needs to find a way to stay healthy. So I think having Van Jefferson is going to allow the Rams to maybe not put so much pressure on Jackson. Doesn't need to play 60 snaps. Doesn't need to catch 90 footballs. That should help in terms of the durability concerns. I hope that it does. I think that it will. And ultimately, it's a great interview. You guys should absolutely check it out. Deshaun Jackson breaks down everything surrounding his return to LA, his first time coming to the Rams, and his excitement to play this season with a new quarterback in a new scheme, a new head coach. Technically, maybe an old scheme and an old head coach for him because he does have that experience there. But it sounds like it's going to be a great marriage for both sides. And I promise you guys, you will get jacked up just hearing Deshaun Jackson talk about his excitement in joining the Los Angeles Rams.
That is all we got for you guys on this episode. I appreciate you, as always, for sticking around this long and listening throughout the rest of the episode. Make sure to keep checking back in with us every day throughout the rest of the offseason. We're going to continue to pump out episodes every Monday through Friday, so make sure to keep checking back. We're going to keep you guys updated, as always. Just a reminder, come connect with us on Twitter. You can find me at QBsMEP, and you can find the page at LockedOnRams. Please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more.